The Panthers' defense. This is this is one of those uh, uh, what do they call them? Optical illusions, right? You, you you've all seen them, right? Uh, they they put like a, a line in one picture over here, and then a line next to it in another picture, and they say, "What which, do you see? Which line is longer?" Oh. And right, that's always what it is. And you're like, "That one looks way longer." They're like, "Ha, gotcha." They're the exact same length. Uh, it's an optical illusion looking at the Panthers' defense. Panthers' defense seems pretty good, right? There's there's I'm seeing a, a big movement of whoever the next head coach is. Their first line of business should be to keep. Evero, the defensive coordinator, and re-sign this guy and that guy, and they're all great. It might be getting too much credit just because we're comparing it to the offense, <laughs> right? Like when 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 you're watching the Panthers' offense be be very 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 hard to watch, then they go off the field, you punt it away, and the defense comes on. You're like, hey, this is this is pretty good, right? It's like jumping from the hot tub to the pool. The pool feels colder just because you were in the hot tub. Just because you were watching the, the 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 offense doesn't mean the defense is playing that great. Carolina's defense is very hard to judge because of context. Right? All the context everyone's clamoring for another, oh, you have to pay attention to Bryce Young's protection or Bryce Young's receivers. You have to be aware of the the big picture. It's not just that he completed whatever 34% of his passes. It's just that his team isn't very good. All right, so let's use that same logic on everything else. Carolina's defense give up the second most points per game in the NFL. 26.2 points allowed per game. That's Carolina. That's second worst. But that's not fair, right? You got things like, I don't know, blocked punts being returned for touchdowns like we saw against the Saints. You got things like turnovers in the red zone. You got things like the offense going three and out and being forced to put a tired defense back out there on the floor because your offense isn't out there long enough. Like there's reasons to go, ah, 26 isn't all on the offense or isn't all on the defense, I should say. And putting them in bad positions, too. Putting, as exactly. far as field, field position, this, that, and field the other. Field positions, quick Turnovers. Um, there, there's a lot, right? So it's context. Maybe they aren't as bad as second worst in the league. So maybe that's what your eyeballs are telling you. But, but consider this. The Panthers gave up the third fewest passing yards per game so far this year. That's the good part, right? Oh, man, they got locked down corners. They're giving up the third fewest yards passing per game in the NFL. Well, let's put some context on it, right? Are you more or less likely to pass when you have the lead? You are less likely to pass, right? You're more likely to want to take the air out of the ball, run it, and 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 get out of there with the win. And the Panthers have been almost exclusively behind, which means their opponent has been almost exclusively ahead on the scoreboard, which means they're not out there to sling it. Okay, well, let's use that same logic to the points. Right? They're giving up the, the, the second most points per game. Well, yes, some of that is, you know, pick sixes. Some of that is setting your defense up to be in a bad position. But also, you haven't had many teams with their pedal to the floor all the way to the end of a game this year. You haven't had many teams, right, if they get the ball and they have a minute and a half before halftime going, hey, yeah, let's we need points. Let's go get it. Instead, a lot of times they're like, well, three runs and we'll head to the, the locker room because they don't need to put their pedal to the floor. I don't look at that defense and get the same warm and fuzzies that everybody else gets. I don't look at the the defense as a whole and see anything too crazy other than 
a team that is is significantly better than their offense. Which isn't saying much. It's not saying much at all. But also, the, the way their offense has been struggling, the way the Panthers' offense has been struggling makes it easier for their defense to hide because nobody feels a sense of urgency. If it's fourth and four, right, and you're playing, you're the offense playing against the Panthers, fourth and four, are you going for it? Are you saying, if we punt this into their end of the field, there's almost no chance their offense is going to score, so we might as well just punt it away and play it that way? That's a really fair question. Right, of course Never. you're punting it. Right? Fourth and four near midfield, of course you're punting it because you're going, Bryce Young's liable to give us points anyway. Because you're looking at it going, I don't know, they'll probably hand it off to Miles Sanders a couple times and then throw one up for DJ Chark, and I like our options. So now the defense is like, we didn't give up any points on that drive. Meanwhile, against so many other defenses, they would have gone for it on fourth and four, and who knows, maybe come away with a touchdown. But you don't have to against the Panthers. Nobody ever gives context the other way. The context is always, they're playing bad, the stats are bad, but here's why, right? Bryce Young, his stats are bad. Here's why. It's because DJ Chark can't get open. Jonathan Mingo can't catch. Uh, the, the offensive line stinks, and the running backs aren't effective, even though they kind of were over the weekend. Uh, that, that's always what it is. Oh, and the play calling. The play calling is so bad. Right, We put a lot of context on why good players in your mind aren't playing well, but then as soon as somebody you want to praise looks good, you never go back and give the opposite context. Well, if you think Bryce Young is awesome, you can find a lot of reasons as to why his, his bad numbers can be explained away. And I'm not saying they're all wrong reasons, but I'm saying you can find a lot of them. If you think the, the, the Panthers' defense is good, I can find just as many reasons that can explain away their, their mediocre success. And you might even say below average success. I mean, they're giving up a lot of points. Football is one of those games that, like, it's – it's. do you know what's the easiest sport in the world? I, do you know what – I don't even know if they have these. Do you know what sport I wish I was the GM of? Like track and field or wrestling or, or swimming, right? I wish I was the GM of, of USA track and field. Do you know why? Takes absolutely no evaluation. You just look at it and go, what time did you run? Did you test clean? As long as the answers are, I ran really fast and I tested clean, sign me up. But in football, it's so hard to evaluate because all of that comes into play. So the defense, yeah, sure. They do some things. Derek Brown is awesome. The interception, the the pressure, Derek, he played 50-plus snaps at a guy his size. Derek Brown is awesome. Outside of him, I don't know if anyone on that defense has secured a job moving forward, and that includes, includes Evero, uh, the defensive coordinator. Now, there's some guys I like. I'm not letting Brian Burns leave without bringing back a Hall of Picks, so maybe he has a uh, a job loosely secured. Uh, J.C. Horn, I think, would be an all-time sell low if you move him this offseason, so he might have a job semi-secured. But that's all that's all like contra contract situations. That's not play on the field. There's this rush to make sure you know somebody is playing well in the Panthers. Guess what? Nobody. Nobody is playing well in the Panthers. Not when you look at context. 
The Drive with Tim Donnelly, 99.9 The Fan. You know what else is interesting? The transfer portal. This offseason was one of those weekends where you should be, should be refreshing a lot. So let's switch over gears and head to the transfer portal. The, one of my favorite phrases. The transfer portal giveth and the trans- transfer portal taketh away. It started giving over the weekend finally. Right, the the first like week of the transfer portal is just a lot of so and so is entering the portal, so and so is entering the portal, this person's entering the portal. Whoa, that person's entering the portal. Wow, I thought he would have stayed. That person's en- that's all it was. Over the weekend, we started to get some real. Uh, this person's committing out of the portal. I don't know what just happened, but Graham threw his his hands up in celebration. <laughs> And it looked like he was the Rocky statue, and I'm looking over into the the producer's studio, so I, that broke my concentration. So what are I'm, we celebrating I'm in so there, Rocky? Sorry. We, we finally have gotten Adobe situated. Okay, so it was a, a software thing was that wasn't working, issue. and it just started working, and you just went full Rocky statue? It's taken me 41 minutes to figure this out, ladies and gentlemen. So now the YouTube videos are about to start flowing there if, we go. You wanna, if you need a chance to look at it. But, yeah, the transfer portal. All right. Okay, now I can get back. Thank you. I can get back to my, my train of thought. Um NC State brought in three names, as far as I'm concerned, since the last time we talked about the portal. Uh, Zeke Carell from Dame apparently is a two-year starter with the Irish, where he's played since 2019. It's a lot of experience with Notre Dame. Uh, they also brought in O-lineman uh, Valen, or Valen Erickson from Missouri. Hadn't even played for Missouri before entering the portal in midseason. And this one I was aware of as a potential um, name to bring in. Uh, Wesley Grimes from Wake Forest. He's a Raleigh native, um, played at Millbrook before two seasons at Wake Forest. He had just a little under 400 yards, five touchdowns for Wake Forest. I'm going to spend a little bit of time on the Wesley Grimes thing here before we move on. Uh, Wesley Grimes, Noah Rogers are buddies. They they got pictures on social media and whatnot. Uh, Noah Rogers, Ohio State wide receiver. Just saying, right? Everything's a connection. A lot of times I think of the portal as uh, – I don't know if everyone else remembers this as, as well as I do. There was, a, I think, an all-star game. may have been an Olympics, but I think it was an all-star game where there were, there were pictures taken from, you know, like a TMZ-style reporter a million miles away of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving talking. And, and the rumor always was that's when they were hashing out that they should play together somewhere. And then, of course, they ended up orchestrating the move to the Brooklyn Nets. Or uh, uh, maybe a more famous example would be that 2010, uh, I think it was 20 or 2008, and uh, Olympic team, the 2008 Olympic team, men's basketball, where LeBron, Bosch, and Wade became such good friends, and then a couple years later, I think it was 2010, they got together on the Heat. Like you need to look for these transfer portal guys that have been in the same room somewhere, and it's like, oh, I wonder if they talked. I wonder if they liked each other. Uh, so Grimes, I can tell you, has been in the same room as Noah Rogers. He's been in the same room as Lex Thomas, right? They all kind of did the high school thing together, uh, the camp thing together. There's, there's, they did visits to schools together coming out of high school. So there's that, that might be some some smoke leading to maybe a fire of more guys coming to NC State. Uh, we've talked about North Carolina, UNC's biggest commitment out of the portal. Max Johnson happened over a week ago now, and and since then they've been quiet. Duke running back. This one just broke today. Uh, Jaquez Moore, who entered the portal last week to leave Duke, has withdrawn his name from the portal per 247 Sports, so he's likely coming back. To me, this kind of all of these little moves show where these programs are when it comes to football. 
We'll go in reverse order to what I just said. Duke, they're trying to recapture what they had last year. So what happened? Somebody went in the portal, and they recaptured him and brought him back. That is Manny Diaz doing what Manny Diaz should be doing, which is taking over the program and seeing guys that are leaving, grabbing them, getting them on the phone, getting them on into his office, getting them wherever he can, and trying to explain that you don't have to leave to have success. We're going to keep this train moving in the right direction. I would assume the Aeneas Peoples, I would assume like there's more players that he should use this sales pitch on, but it worked for one. So, so you know, I think it took him too long to get hired, but now that he is hired, he's doing what he should be doing. UNC, it's quiet because, quite frankly, their season ended with a whimper, right? They, they went down the opposite way, and now they don't know. Their, their future is uncertain, right? What players are coming back? What players aren't? What players are going pro? What players aren't? Nobody really knows. And it's hard to recruit out of the portal when someone's like, I want to play. And you have to say, well, if so-and-so goes pro, you'll play. But if so-and-so doesn't go pro, you won't play. Uh, we can't promise you. Best competition, whatever, whatever. So, so they're in a holding pattern, and that's tough when every day the portal is churning over. And then there's NC State, right? They're, they're the group that has the most commitments. To me – that is all about the efficiency of NC State's support system coming into play. We talked about this when it happened. Uh, NC State beat UNC. Dave Doran on ACC Network sitting at the table post game, said, hey, we need money. Give it to the collectives. How awesome would it be if on Monday 5,000 state fans each gave $1,000 to the collectives? Money, 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 money. Right? He was, he was like a, an 8-year-old that wants to go to the snack bar. Can I have some money? Money. I want to get a hot dog. He just wanted money. Okay, so what happened? They got a bunch of money, right? By Monday, a whole bunch of money was donated. We're talking thousands and thousands of dollars. And by Tuesday, Casey Concepcion was locked into a deal uh, with Savage Wolves, one of their collectives for next year. I still don't know completely what that means and how he signed a year contract. As of, I, I don't know. But what I do know is from Saturday to Tuesday, that is four days where they were wildly efficient with their, their support. Coach, whether non-verbally or just through the media or maybe they had legit conversations, was, was talking with uh, the, the, the collectives. The collectives raised the money and – allocated it to one of their better players and a player that could have gone anywhere in the world is now ending up staying in Raleigh. And by the way, Terrell Timmons, a, a wide receiver from NC State, just committed to Texas A&M. Texas A&M, mm, 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 see what's going on there? Little, little Elko was like, oh, I had to scheme against that guy. But, uh, but if you think Terrell Timmons could go to one of the richest schools in the transfer portal – that should tell you where Casey Concepcion could have gone. Mars, if you wanted to. I'm sure they're given a name, image, and likeness deal that's large. So you, so I say all of that to say this. NC State is proving that you have to be ready for all of the conversations that transfers want to have as soon as the portal opens. And you have to be able to execute. You have to have unbelievable communication between coach, player, collective. We talked with uh, Brendan Armstrong, uh, the, the PAC quarterback, on PAC Therapy podcast. You can find it everywhere. It was last week's episode. And we talked to him about being in the portal a season ago because he was a transfer coming into this year. And and he said, right, hey, I was just looking for a place to, to, to 
you know, that was best fit for me. The money wasn't the priority on and on and on and on. But he also said, you know, it came up, right? I, he said, I only talked with coaches, but the name, image, and likeness stuff, it came up uh, because it had to, right? Because that's that's the way it is. The coaches, if they're the ones having those conversations, need to have wild communication to make sure the the everybody's on the same page and nobody's being misled. That's not easy. When the portal gets cranking and you're talking to, you know, 30 different guys, 20 different guys, there's a finite amount of money in those collectives. And coaches, I'm sure, because every coach is a control freak that I've ever existed around, uh, they want to have all the say. All right. 100 grand to this guy, 50 grand to this guy, 250 grand to this guy. Oh, wait, that guy said he'll commit, but he needs 280. Okay, let's get him 280. That means we got to take this guy from 50 to 20. Okay, could we raise more? Oh, you raised another 20 at a golf tournament? Cool. Okay, we'll give that to this guy. And that's that's not easy, right? That's like that you need a capologist. You need a salary cap, but somebody that doesn't actually work for your program, just communicates with your program. I mean, does anybody have any clue? how much a two-year starter on the offensive line for Notre Dame is going in the transfer market. Ooh. I have absolutely no idea, but State had to establish the market. They had to decide how much they, they'd be willing to use in name, image, and likeness money. They had to get that communicated to the player. The player had to accept, and they had to do it all roughly in a week while preparing for a bowl game and making sure Peyton Wilson doesn't get snubbed uh, again like he did for the uh, – what was it? The Nagurski Award snubbed him. Everything else is, is he's gotten. There's a lot going on for NC State to be doing all that, that money pushing, pen, pe- paper pushing. Lastly, I want to talk about this just for a second. Uh, Patrick Mahomes complaining about the refs. Complaining about the refs. I'm, I, the, here, here's the thing, okay? Complaining about the refs is a bad look for anyone. Let's hear from Patrick Mahomes himself. It's, I mean, obviously tough to swallow. Um, I mean, not, not only for, for me, but just for football in general. I mean, just to take away greatness like that. I mean, for a guy like Travis to make a play like that. And who knows if we win. But as I know as fans, you want to see the guys on the field decide the game. And that's why last week I didn't say anything about the flag. They didn't get called on the Marquez. And so, I mean, I, don't, I mean, they're human, man. They make mistakes. But, I mean, I'm, I'm, it's every week we're talking about something, and all I can do is go out there and give everything I have. And I'm proud of the guys because that's what we did, and it was a great football game that ended another great football game that just ended like that. It's just tough, tough to swallow. Before we go on, weird memory mix up on my point. Timmons is going to Colorado, not Texas A&M. Uh, so it was Deion Sanders I was referencing, not Mike Elko. They're very similar. Uh, <laughs> one of those – I don't know how you mix up those two schools, but uh, but um, just want to correct that on air. Thank you to everybody on Twitter that, that hit me up. Glad to know you're listening and keeping me honest. Let's talk quickly about the Mahomes deal, though. You just heard it from him, frustrated on the offside call. Uh, complaining about the refs is a bad call, bad move, bad look, whole bunch of bad. Here's the rule. Enough people are watching and care about the NFL analyzing, overanalyzing, and watching that if there's a bad call, you won't have to be the one complaining about it. You're the Chiefs, right? You are America's darling. You're Patrick Mahomes. You're in commercials. I'm going to let you in on a secret. Even the Panthers, who stink, 
and objectively play an unentertaining brand of football right now, if there was an egregiously bad call at the end of a Panthers game, the fans and the media would call it out until the, the, the cows came home. I'd be sitting here talking about how terrible the call was. And, like, everybody would. It would lead Get Up and Sports Center, and you'd have uh, Ryan Clark and Rex Ryan arguing about it on, on, on ESPN. If there's a bad call, the quarterback never has to point it out. If Tony looked at the official and just said, am I on the line, he would have gotten the backup sign. He would have taken a step back. It wasn't a bad call. He was over the line of scrimmage. It's actually one of the more ridiculous penalties I've seen because he's looking down the line at the ball, and you'd think almost like, you know, yeah, have you ever um, – uh, like, you know how in class they have there's not assigned seating, but sometimes there's I sit in that seat all the time. Yeah. And then one day you walk in and somebody's sitting in your seat, so you have to go sit on the other side of the room, and everything just kind of looks off. You're just yeah. like, this looks backwards. Like, if you're a receiver and you are looking down the line of scrimmage and you see the ball aligned with, like, your front foot, there has to be something in your brain going, like, this is weird. Something is off. I should fix this. Or even the two guys behind him, because he was in a little uh, bunch, a little trips formation. If if I think it was Kelsey and, and maybe Rasheed Rice or something behind him. I don't okay, know where are these guys at? Like, well, they should have been like, you feel really far in front of me. Hey, back up. Like, it, it's, it was a good call. And if it were a bad one, the last person that would need to point it out is Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Because... They, like, everybody wants to defend those guys anyway. They're likable. They're really good. They've won a bunch. It's 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 kind of a rule that there there it's kind of a rule that if you have to um, point it out, probably didn't exist that much, right? If you have to point out a bad call, it's probably not that bad of a call. You know who didn't have like uh, this is the the biggest craziest example. Remember that Saints Rams? What was it? The NFC Championship game with the defensive pass interference yeah. that they didn't call and they should have. You know who didn't have to point that out? Drew Brees, right? Because by the time the game ended, it was such a bad call. Everybody was screaming about it. The Travis Kelsey play was awesome. The lateral was bananas. If it was a truly terrible call that had that game, had that play taken away, I'd be sitting here talking about it. I'd be screaming about it. I'd be saying, "Yeah, oh, the, the referee stole a great one. Or uh, who was it? Andres Galarraga. Was that – no, not Galarraga. Who was the pitcher for the White Sox? I don't know. I forget his name. Um, sure. Pitcher, <laughs> pitcher for the White Sox had a perfect game going, and, and it was a terrible call that, that kept it away from him. The pitcher didn't have to say anything. The pitcher actually was like, I forgive him right away. Uh, but everybody else was screaming. That's how bad calls are treated. The drive with Tim Donnelly, 99-9, the fan. It's one of those things that you just know it when you see it. 